Praise God. How's everybody feeling this morning? Yeah, I hope so. God's been moving. God's working this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Mike. I'm the youth and outreach pastor here. And I, I want to encourage you this morning, if you have your Bibles uh, or your Bible app, turn to Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to start in verse 18. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. And as you're going there, um, I just I want to say I am... Uh, humbled and honored at the privilege of being able to share with you this morning. I'm thankful for Pastor John that he uh, trusts me uh, and get to have a microphone here and share with you. Uh, sometimes that can be a good thing and sometimes that can also be a bad thing because even I don't know what comes out of my mouth sometimes. And so I, I just, before we pray and get into God's word, I just want to pray for that the Holy Spirit speaks through me and that nothing what I say comes out of my mouth. Uh, because I want you guys to come back. Um, but, but let's pray. Father, thank you again for who you are, God. It is so great to see uh, you and what you are doing uh, all across this world. And God, I pray that this morning, Lord, that we can open our hearts and open our minds to how you are calling us to go and to go beyond, to, to radically change this world, not by anything that we say or that what we do, but what you do through us. And so, God, we offer ourselves to you right now in your name. Amen. Today, I, I really feel the Holy Spirit has just been challenging uh, us as a church and myself uh, that we go beyond. And I'm going to explain that, uh, what that statement means. But first, let's get into his word. It says in Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 20, it goes like this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus, he commands his followers, he's commanding his disciples to go make disciples, to go into your communities, into your cities, into the nations, and to share this good news that there is a Father that loves you. There is a Father that loves you so much that he offered his one and only Son so that you and I can experience real life. Life in the way that it was intended. Basically, what, what Jesus is saying, okay, here is my command to you. Take action. Take action to go and to make disciples. If you read after this, if you get into the book of Acts, you're, you're able to see uh, the disciples and the followers. You know, after that, they receive uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, last week, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday, and it was an amazing thing uh, to be up here and to see people being filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you guys witness it, yeah, that is a testimony of, of the Holy Spirit moving and activating in our lives. And so when people receive the Holy Spirit, they receive that power and that authority, they went out. There's people being healed, there's people being saved, there's people uh, being converted to have a relationship with Jesus. And that was how the church was built. And that's how the church was able to expand all across the world because they took the command that Jesus gave to them and they rolled with it and they went beyond what they thought that they could ever accomplish, what they thought they, they could ever do. 
It was because they took action to the command that was given to them. That is what the church is. The church today, unfortunately, we can become a little stagnant. And that's not what the church is meant to be. The church is not to be a place to, to camp out and, and to hide from change. I said the C word, change. Not many of us like that word change. We don't like that word change. We, we don't like change to our schedule, uh, change to our routine. Some of us, we actually like change, or at, le at least we like talking about change. Some of you like to talk about change, you know, change a hairstyle or change a uh, fashion, because fashion changes and you got to try to keep up to be hip. Um, you know, some of you, you like to talk about changing the, the interior design of your house, like change paints or change throw pillows, <laughs> which I still don't understand why we have them. Um, listen, uh, I, I get it. I get it. We think, oh, yeah, we need to change and, and, and spice things up in our house. It's because of darn shows uh, that are on HGTV and, and Fixer Upper. Listen, I, I am guilty of this just as much as anybody else. I watch Fixer Upper, and I watch what things that, yeah, woo, what Chip and Joanna Gaines do. And it's like, wow, that looks so amazing. Now I want shiplap in my house, and I now want two kitchen islands. Because... <laughs> What are you going to do? Two kitchen islands. It doesn't matter. You have two. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. When you begin to talk about it, it sounds exciting. But the moment that you are to take action upon it, you stop. Because the amount of effort and sacrifice that goes into the change, it's too daunting. It's too much of a cost. That's why we don't like change. But see, here's the thing. When you encounter Jesus, change immediately happens. There's a transformation that happens deep in your heart, in the very core of who you are, and there's change. It even says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So there's change when we encounter Jesus transformation, and there should be change in our life, and change brings to others through our lives and what God is doing through us. Many times we, we say, oh yeah, we, we follow Jesus, or many times we'll say, yeah, you know, I, you know, I gave my life to Jesus, but we question why we don't see change. We question why we haven't seen transformation. I believe as, as Christians and as Christ followers, there's something that, that affects us in experiencing the change and transformation that comes by giving our life to Jesus. Many of us, many Christ followers, we get stuck at the process of come and see Jesus, and not many of us move towards go and be Jesus. Can I say that one more time? Some of us get stuck at come and see Jesus, and not many of us take the step to go and be Jesus. Let, let me kind of talk about the change because, and so that we can see the difference here. In the New Testament, we read after, after the followers, they saw Jesus ascend into heaven. And, and after they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they were able to see people uh, be healed and, and, and come and be a part of the fellowship and the community 
uh, in God and be, be the church, be the body, and that they were able to go into communities and cities and nations to radically change the world. But at one point, they were stuck at the come and see Jesus. If you look in Acts 1, uh, what they're doing is, is Jesus has ascended into heaven, and all the followers, they're just looking in the sky like this. Wow. Do it again, Jesus. You know, my, my son David, he, he's 16 months old, and he's at the point to where uh, there's a lot of things that entertain him. Actually, um, uh, Kyra, she was babysitting uh, my son last night, and she, was, she just showed me this video, and she was like... Um, playing with him, and he is laughing hysterically, and then he, he keeps saying, ada, ada, you know, because he's so excited to do it again, you know, and some things, yeah, it's funny because you hear him laugh, and then there's things that it, it gets a little tiring, <laughs> like watching the same episode of Sesame Street like a thousand times. There's a song by Elmo that we know by heart as the tricycle song, and I do not want to know it by heart. It gets a little exhausting, but for them, that's, that's all that they want. See, for those followers, they wanted, they came, they saw Jesus, and they wanted to come and see more, and so that's why they were standing and waiting and looking up. Literally, God had to send angels and say, hey, yo, what you doing? Stop looking up in the, in the sky and go do what Jesus just called you to do. I think, that's, I think that's a problem in our church today, church all across our world, is that too many of us, we get stuck in just waiting in that temptation of saying, all right, Jesus, what are you going to do next? Jesus wants to do something next, but he wants to do it through you and I, but we have to take the steps to go and be him, to go and do it, to go and accomplish it. As a church, we have to move past this, this position of just wanting to come and, and, and fraternize and, and converse with familiar faces, talk about familiar topics. We have to get to the place that we're actually living as the church and what it was originally intended to be, to go and to share the good news, to go and to make disciples. The church should be more about making a difference now than at any other point in history. We, as the body of Christ, can make a difference now if we choose to make that decision. If you look at Jesus, Jesus didn't come to prove a point or to make a point. He came to make a difference he came to make a difference, and, he, and God, he put you and I on this planet to make a difference. We look at this great commission, therefore go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Jesus, what he did is he spent his time in, that, in those years of ministry as he was gaining these followers to teaching them and showing them by example what it means to live out this commandment. What it means to put action and what it looks like to actually go and to make disciples. For many of us, we don't 
go and be Jesus because it is too much out of our comfort zone. We don't step up to share Jesus and we don't step up to show Jesus because it is too much out of our comfort zone. Listen, I'll be the first one to admit I love to be comfortable. Right? We love to be comfortable. We like our comfortable bed. We like our comfortable vehicle. We like to be comfortable. Nobody loves to be uncomfortable. I do not like to be in uncomfortable positions or uncomfortable places, which means I don't like to be out in the heat because I sweat a lot. I am sweating now, and it's like 60 degrees in here. I, I don't like to be out in places where it's humid. I don't like to be out in the backwoods. I don't like camping. Some of you, you love camping. And you know what? That's great. If you and your family want to pretend to be homeless for a weekend, go for it. That's awesome. I'm not. I don't like to be out where I'm going to get eaten up by mosquitoes. We have a love-hate relationship. I hate them. They love my sweet Hawaiian blood. I don't, I don't want to be in a place where I'm, I'm going to get sticky and sweat. The, one of the worst feelings is like when your skin is like sticking to each other and you got to like peel it off and makes the sounds. I don't know if you have that problem, but maybe that's because I sweat a lot. We're going to be in Guatemala in a month. And while the rest of the team, they're going to be, their uncomfortable positions is having to talk with somebody that doesn't speak English. I'm going to be in the bathrooms underneath the hand dryer trying to dry, you know, every area because I don't like it. Here's the thing. As much as all that makes me uncomfortable, Jesus Christ, his cause is greater than our comfort. His cause is greater than our comfort. And so we have to go beyond our comfort zone. Because here's the thing, if we love our comfort too much, it will steer us away from the cause of Christ. If we cling too much onto our comfort, we'll miss out on why we were created and why we were placed on this planet. I am so thankful that God did not allow his comfort to stop him from loving you and I. As a church, we have to get past our comfort zones, and we have to go beyond. Because if we are not going, how can we expect to love people if we don't know where they are going to spend the rest of eternity? We have to stop embracing our comfort and start embracing our purpose. We have to stop embracing our comfort and start embracing our purpose. Notice how it doesn't say in God's word to, if you wish to follow me, pick up your mattress. It says, if you wish to follow me, deny yourself and pick up your cross. If, if I'm making you uncomfortable right now, good. Because I feel like that the Holy Spirit has actually been talking to a lot of us. 
and he's been stirring some things up in our lives. We probably have been feeling some tension in some places. That tension is good. And that, because the Holy Spirit is trying to get our attention to do things through us that we never thought that we were capable of doing. Or maybe doing things through us that, that may go against our routine, go against our schedule. Basically, we're feeling that tension of who's trying to be in control. And, and I'll say this. Um, as adults, and, and I'll even speak parents, parents, we try to have too much control of our schedule and our times. And, and we're even trying to have too much control of the schedule and time of our students that we're barely only leaving enough time for God, that our only time for God is that hour on Sunday mornings. We're not allowing our time in prayer, our time in God's word as a family. We're not allowing biblical community to, be a part, to take priority in our family's schedule because too much sports and too much extracurricular activities and too much work fills that time to where we're just giving God our leftovers, where God should be getting our first. All right, I'm going to step off my soapbox now, and let's get back to this. We have to understand our purpose. Our purpose is to go and to make disciples, to go beyond. And to kind of break that down a little bit more, it, it's, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we are a new creation, it also gives us an understanding of what it means to go beyond, to go and be Jesus. It starts in verse 18, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation, that, that's a big word that we really don't use a whole lot in our culture. But reconciliation, to break it down, it, it basically means to restore a relationship. And so, so what God is trying to do, he's trying to restore us into the original relationship that he intended us to live in. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Listen, this message of reconciliation is that God made a way for our sins to not be held against us from life with God. We've all heard it, sin enter the world, sin separate us from God. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, took our place on the cross so that we could have that relationship with God. We know that because somebody took the initiative to share that with us. Now we have this purpose in life to share this very message. We've heard the good news. Now the even better news is that he gave us this purpose to go beyond into our work areas and students into our schools and in our households and our neighborhoods and our city and our nations to share this message. How would your world look differently? How would your world look differently 
if the people knew that their sins would not count against them? Students, how would your school act differently if they knew that they were forgiven? How would your households, how would your work areas, how, how, how would your neighborhoods be different if we went and we shared Jesus in our words and in our actions so that they could hear the message that, that they are loved and that they are accepted and that they belong to God the Father? The only way that this is ever going to happen is if we accept this as truth for ourselves. We have to accept that as truth. We have to believe that. Some of us that call ourselves Christians, we get stuck on this. And this is why we never step out of the come and see part and, and never make it to the go and be part. Because we're so stuck and we still have trouble believing that God has forgiven us. We still think God counts our sins. And so we're stuck. Still looking up. Still wondering when God's going to move. God's going to do something in my life. God, hey, you see what I'm dealing with? All right, God, I'm still waiting to hear you. And this is where some Christ followers will spend the rest of their life. Because they're not taking their eyes off of what they want to try to see and already hear God say, hey, I've already done it. I've already forgiven you. I've already given you power and freedom and victory. I've already given you the tools to go out into this world. I've already given you. I've already given you. You already are. Some of us today, we need to see a shift in our prayers from God, please do this, to God, help me to know that you've already done it. And then, and then take it the next step. Say, God, you have already done this. We have to proclaim that and declare that over our lives. How much more worshipful will we be? How much more joyful would we be? How much more passionate would we be if we accepted this as truth and lived it out? I would think our Sunday mornings would look a lot differently. I think a lot of us, our hands probably wouldn't be in our pockets the whole time during worship. Our hands crossed, stone cold. Some of you, this is going to be a big challenge, some of you may even put down the coffee and the donut. <laughs> not holding back seriously some of us our worship our worship for some of us may be hands lifting and praising God for some of us what if our worship was down here so what if some of our worship Come on. Some of our worship is that we're dancing and we're clapping and we're praising. Come on. There's a difference from when we just accept, all right, this is what God's truth is, and to when we actually live it. How much would our worship change? How much of us, would, if we allow this truth, 
to take us to the next step from come and see Jesus to go and be Jesus? How many of us, we would get out of our seats at the end of this service and go to a ministry leader, hey, I'm going to sign up for the kids' ministry because I want to see our children to grow a foundation in their faith. How, how many adults would, would come up and, and talk to me or talk with some of our, our youth workers and say, hey, I want to get involved in the youth ministry because I see the students and young people in our community, they need to know that they are loved. They need to know that they are accepted. They need to know that they have a place that they belong. How many of us would, would get up out of our seats and start going out in, in our bus on Sunday mornings and go out to neighborhoods that have yet to be reached in our city? How many of us would sign up to be on our care teams and the first impression team and the women's ministry and men's ministry because that they believe that there are people in our community that need to hear this message? How many of us would give up our job and take our family to go into a foreign country to plant a church? That is scary. But some of you, I know this, you have felt that calling on your life. But it's too much out of the comfort zone. We have, we have to accept this as our truth and as our purpose. We have to go beyond. For we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We have a message to deliver. Because we are representing God. We are his ambassadors. And if any of you today, you are questioning if God is calling you, I want you to understand this. You are God's plan A to share the good news with somebody. There is no plan B. You're it. Stop waiting for somebody else to go talk to that person that God's been putting on your heart. And go and do it. Go and be Jesus. On your seats, I put on this, this, this postcard. And you know, what's the purpose of a postcard? It's to send a message to somebody. I know this is a little more old school because we have smartphones and technology where we can email and do all these things. But I love the idea of postcards because it, there's something unique about them. And I just want to challenge you today. I want to charge you. To move from come and see Jesus to go and be Jesus. Because I believe that God has placing people on your heart. Maybe he's calling you to a specific ministry. Maybe God's even calling you to a specific location in this world to go and spread this message. And I want to challenge you today to take this postcard. On this side, I want you to write what the message that needs to be delivered. Write the message that, hey... You are loved. Hey, there is a Savior that wants to know you personally. Whatever that message may be. And now on the side with the lines, I want you to write to the person that you are to deliver the message to. Now, this isn't a real postcard. It's, this is just for more of a reminder that you can place either in your bathroom or in your car to, so that you can constantly keep praying for. But I want you to really ask the question, who do I have in my life that needs to know who Jesus is? Who in my life needs to have a relationship with him? Who is God calling me to reach? How is God, how is God calling me to go beyond? It could be a person. It could be a school. 
could be a neighborhood, could be a nation. Who is God calling you to reach? How is God calling you to go beyond? We can go beyond in many different ways. By actually serving, by actually taking action and going to places and serving in ministries, even serving on mission trips. We can also go beyond in our giving. And in this time, what we're going to do is we're actually going to take a love offering for the nation of Guatemala and the nation of Lithuania. We have two teams that are, that are going, going out and serving our world next month. We have ten, 10 individuals that are going to Guatemala. They're going to be serving uh, some local schools, a local orphanage. We're going to be loving on these young people and let them know that they are loved by God the Father. And by talking with the missionaries over there, they're in need of supplies, school supplies, supplies for their orphanage. And so by adding everything up, it's going to cost $1,000 to help meet the needs of the young people over there. For the team that's going to Lithuania, there's 13 people going in mid-July. And they're going to be working. You've probably met David and Kanja Millsaps. They've spoken here. And they're going to be working with one of the local churches in Lithuania. And what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to uh, provide worship equipment for them. And we're going to help them lead worship in their churches to, to reach out to the people in the streets of Lithuania. And then what we're hoping to do, we're, we're actually going to be leaving the, the, the instruments and, and the equipment, we're going to be leaving there. Because we want to bless them so that they can continue to reach out to this nation that needs God. The total cost for, for all that equipment is $5,000. So this is $6,000. This is a need. And, and let me say this. The school supplies, the worship equipment, they are going to be the vessel that's going to help lead people to have an opportunity to encounter him. The instrument itself isn't going to save somebody, but it's going to be a vessel to reach to them. And can I be honest with you? This morning, you and I, we can reach them by when we give. We can be the vessel that reaches somebody so that they can experience Jesus. So I'm going to call the ushers forward as we get ready to, re, to, to receive this offering. And I want, us, I want us to pray. I want us to give. I want us to give in abundance. Because some of us, we may think, you know what, I'm not called to a specific place. But you know what, I can give. And I, I pray as we give that we are believing in faith that lives will come to know him. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I, God, I thank you for this opportunity to come and to encounter you this morning, to be challenged by you. God, I pray that we go beyond. We move from come and see, and we move to go and be. And God, that we believe in faith that people in Guatemala, people in Lithuania, that they're going to come and experience a relationship with you, God. But God, that today, that this is going to help propel us to reach our neighborhoods and our schools and our city and our world. God, I pray that we actively go to you and ask you, God, who am I to reach? Where am I called? God, how can I go beyond to go 
and to make disciples. We pray all this in your name. Amen.